Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. everyone and welcome to this non-spoiler review non-spoiler review of indiana jones and the dial of destiny here from the geek buddies <gasps> hey! Hey! Uh, i am the outlaw john rogan joined as always by shannon mcclong shannon how are you Johnny, I'm doing well. Still, still on a high from from last night when we got to when we got to get a, have a sneak peek at Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Absolutely, drove up to LA, had a plus one. Shannon was down to come and hang out with me. We watched the movie. We were glowing. Our out of theater reaction is up on the channel as well. Sixty seconds of our initial thoughts. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this movie on this review. We're going to keep it kind of short, 15, 20 minutes, not too long. And uh, we're not going to give our general overall thoughts on certain sections of the film or certain things in the film for sure. So don't worry. We're very um, uh, clear that we're not going to avoid anything. We're adamant that we're not going to uh, we're not going to we're not going to spoil anything. We want to make sure you guys enjoy the film. So, uh, Shannon, overall thoughts on this? We get an, uh, an Indiana Jones. Uh, we do know there's a flashback, as we saw in the trailer, but also we get him as the old man with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and we find out is his goddaughter. Of course, that was already teased as well, but they're going after this artifact, and they're going toe-to-toe with Mads Mikkelsen throughout the movie until some really incredible things at the end of the film. So your thoughts overall on this uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? really really positive hmm. uh, again a, and a lot of this ha- a lot of, a lot of this has to do with um where i set my, set my expectations hmm. because coming out of can you know there were so many uh initial really uh, uh positive responses yeah, then yeah, it yeah. got exceptionally lukewarm yeah. and having had my heart broken by kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> 15 years ago um i was just kind of like okay you know what all I want is one good last adventure with the man in the hat. Yeah. And that is what James Mangold delivered. Um, do I think everything worked? No. There are plenty of things that, you know, especially in our spoiler review, that yeah. will go in into specifics. Um, but overall, I just had such a great time. Um, again, where I set my expectations, it certainly it certainly defied them. Mm-hmm. Um I just had a blast. I mean, I'm so happy that we got to send Indiana Jones out on a high note. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I, I went in with, I would read the bad reviews. I'd read the lukewarm reviews. I was preparing myself for a Crystal Skull uh, experience. But by the time it was over, I just had a really great time. The humor worked for me. The decisions by the characters worked for me. The near escapes worked for me. Um, the progression of the character of Indiana Jones worked for me where he ends up by the end of the film and the things he has to do at the end of the film. 
I was 100% on board. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge was great, just absolutely great in how they worked her into the story. So for me, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I left with a smile on my face. And yes, it evoked a lot of the best of indie. And does it all work, as Shannon said? No, not 100%, but enough of it works, and really a lot of it works, for me to walk out feeling incredibly satisfied. This is already number three on all the list of the Indiana Jones films. This is already number three, well above, well above Temple of Doom and um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But let's get into the direction first. I know the easy choice is go to Harrison. We'll wait for a second. Let's go to the direction here. James Mangold stepping in here. Certainly not easy to follow Steven Spielberg into an Indiana Jones film and do your own take on it. Certainly great stuff with Logan tackling an older, older version of Wolverine, what his life would be like. We're getting an older version of Indy. How do you feel his direction was? We went all over the world in this movie, yet again, in other Indiana Jones films. But there were some nice tender moments. There were some big action sex sequences. And there were some fantastical stuff as well. What did you think overall of how um, James Mangold did directing this film? I think Mangold's direction was stellar. Mm. Um, you know, with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there was something, for me at least, there was there was something off right from the beginning. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. just does not feel like Indiana Jones. And I never had that thought in Dial of Destiny. It just felt like an Indiana Jones movie. I mean, it felt, especially that opening sequence, that, yeah. you know, the, the, the flashback, um, that that felt like uh, you know a couple of pages that had fallen out of the book of the original trilogy that we never <laughs> got to read. Um, I don't think the technology is quite there to make that sequence as good as we wanted it to be, fair, fair. but that has nothing to do with the direction of James Mangold. Again, yeah. it just felt like Indiana Jones. I mean, the, the way that he worked the camera, mm -hmm. the, the story beats, you know, there was definitely the humor, there was definitely the heart. Um, it, it, yeah, it just felt like... It, it felt like the fourth movie that I wish we would have gotten. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought there was a nice confidence to Mangold's direction and where he was going with the characters, where he was taking us, uh, it really um, uh, reinforcing the villainous side of Mads Mikkelsen's characters, character and the people that he is surrounded by going after Indy, the chemistry between him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, a director, a lot of the times, a director will work with the actors to get that chemistry right, make sure it's good on camera to uh, to tell the overall story i thought that worked really well the introduction of newer characters as the film went along i thought it was great bringing the older characters some of the older characters back i thought was great as well and how they worked all of that <clears throat> the way he shot the action sequences there are some really well done action sequences shannon mentioned the opening action sequence but also the action sequence later on when they're driving through tangier and all of that i thought that was fantastic the action sequence would get on the water and everything in the plane so there's a lot of plane so planes trains and automobiles basically is what's going on and the horse of as well all of that going as we saw teased in the trailer so a lot of great action sequences but also the way he uses the camera when we get into the looking for the artifacts part of the movies that is really what decorates the best of indiana jones i thought his camera work here was excellent as well how he makes you feel the environment and see all the perils and the dangers coming from that environment before they pop up I thought that was really great. And the pacing of the film worked so well. I've seen some people say it was overlong or what, or just kind of dragged in spots. I didn't feel that at all. I was 100% dialed in from beginning to end because of how he edited this film, how he took the, put the shots together, and how he generally put this overall film together and paced it out for that uh, fantastic ending 
in my opinion. Um, let's move on to the script here. Uh, my, uh, uh, Shannon, you're a script writer here. We've got uh, Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, and David Kep, the great David Kep, coming in to uh, write this one as well. So your thoughts on how the script, the story, the back and forth, the exchanges here, how things progressed and led to that uh, finale of the movie? Again, dialogue wise, again, this just felt like an older Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, when I got back last night, I, I actually put on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and there were, I, I mean, and, and I know there, that fan does have, that film does have its fans. So it I don't does, want to yes. feel like, like you know, I'm uh, attacking the movie. But um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, some of that dialogue coming out of Indy's mouth, I'm like, that just doesn't sound like. Dr. Henry Jones Jr. to me. Right. Um, this one does. I mean, the I thought the dialogue was super strong. I think, again, the addition of Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, she, the, you know, the, the she just felt so natural yeah. in this world. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of some of the story beats, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with folks that it maybe was a little overly long. I think oh, okay. I think there were spots that, that it could have been tightened up. Mm. Um, and a lot of that was the script. I mean, I, I think there were, there were some aspects that maybe were we didn't totally need um and i think there are a couple of emotional beats again in terms of the writing not the direct not yeah. the direction or the or uh, the acting sure. mm -hmm. but there were there there was a handful of moments and i'm like it didn't quite get there um but again <laughs> coming off the heels of kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> this was just again so much fun yeah i would say that if you're going into this movie think it's going thinking it's going to be raiders or last crusade you're going to be disappointed. It's just a different approach to it. And hey, it's a different director. So they're going to have a different vibe overall. But I thought the script worked well for the most part. I agree with you. There were a couple of spots or a couple of scenes where it felt like they were um, uh, stretching the bounds of credibility and also rushing through certain moments uh, instead of letting them sit for a little bit, letting us connect for a little bit. I'm thinking of a certain scene on the boat. I would have liked a little more time with the people involved in that before everything that happened there. So uh, those are those things you're just like, ah, man, I want a little bit more. But I like the way Phoebe Waller-Bridge is introduced. I like the back and forth that they have, the changing dynamic. This is the thing that's incredible about the script, in my opinion. Throughout the whole movie, the changing power dynamics of the relationship between um, uh, Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the movie is fantastic. Just the constantly, uh, one second it's Indy, then it's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, then it's, uh, I want to say her character, Helena. 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 What, one minute it's Helena, one minute it's Indy, one, a min one minute it's Indy, one minute it's Helena, one minute it's Indy, one minute it's Indy, one minute it's Indy. And I like that throughout. Toby Jones, the way he's worked into this movie, I thought worked really well as well in terms of the script and seeing what he was going through uh, connected to the artifact. And Mads Mikkelsen having his moments as well in certain scenes, especially uh, look for a scene with him and a, um, a room service person that I think really hammers the point home of who that character is. So there's stuff here that I thought worked really well script wise. And as we're getting closer and closer to that finale, how things kind of come together, how things are, uh, the, who's backstabbing, who, all, who changes, uh, who changes sides and all of that. I think it works really well in the movie uh, overall because of the script. Um, but yes, as Shannon said, there are certain scenes that you feel like uh, we could have done a little more tightening here or a little more polishing here to really hit the emotional point 
uh, in these scenes. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of The Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents. That's right, three months for only 99 cents with the code BUDDIES. B-U-D-D-I-E-S. Simply visit Marquee.tv and use the promo code BUDDIES to dive into the world of arts like never before. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. Get three months for just 99 cents. Visit Marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now. Use code BUDDIES. Explore the extensive library of performances on Marquee TV today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at Marquee TV on social media. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. For sure. All right, let's move on to the acting. With uh, before we uh, end this review, we have to talk about the acting here. Harrison Ford uh, uh, reprising the role as Indiana Jones. We're getting uh, obviously Philip B. Waller Bridge, as we mentioned already, Mads Mikkelsen, Antonio Banderas, Toby Jones, John Rhys Davies, Boyd Holbrook. These are the names I'm reading off uh, the uh, IMDb list. So some fantastic actors here coming in, reprising the roles, or coming in as new. And I thought the performances across the board, Shannon, were fantastic. Didn't find anybody to be unbelievable necessarily. And I think Boyd Holbrook stood out to me uh, uh, in really interesting ways. Mads is great. Toby was fantastic. Phoebe was great. And uh, there's a confidence and a strength and a and a um, how can I say this? Just a, a willingness to be a, a bravado. That's the word I would say. A bravado to uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's performance that I enjoyed. But Harrison Ford. Just great to slide on the fedora again, put on the whip again and that leather jacket. And it works from when you go to the flashback to present day. You believe the journey he's going on emotionally that leads to the decisions that are happening at the end of the movie. I thought it all really worked in terms of acting top to bottom. What did you think? I mean, 2023 has just been a banner year for Harrison Ford. Mm. And, 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 you know, when you look at his, when you look at his career, when you look at his filmography, yeah. he didn't need, he didn't need, he didn't need a banner year. Like he, yeah. he's, he's going down as one of the biggest movie stars in the history of cinema. Um, but between 1923 on Paramount Plus, between shrinking on Apple and now, you know, the final Indiana Jones movie. Um, yeah. Harrison Ford is just having, it looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Um, but he's also really getting to um, 
stretch his stretch his acting muscles. I mm. mean, this is this is Indiana Jones in a different point in his life. Yeah. And again, not to get into the spoilers, but it's a side of Indy that we haven't uh, explored that much. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. it was really great to see him kind of get to sink his teeth into that. But then you also still have that famous Harrison Ford swagger and humor mm. in the vein of Indiana Jones that, that just worked really great. I mean, he, you know, he, he had a couple of really good one-liners um, to the new cast members. Again, Toby Jones, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just felt like they belonged in this world. Yeah. Um, again, I back to... <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to Mads. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but with the two of them, like there was just an authenticity to their interactions with Harrison Ford. That yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, most of the cast of these movies are new people. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, John Reese Davies has has been in the most Indiana Jones movies outside of uh, outside of uh, uh, Harrison it's, Ford. Yeah. Um, but so there is. It, that's a challenge to mm. to establish that relationship to make it feel like these people have known each other for a very very long time right. and and i don't think that's something that they succeeded in kingdom of the crystal skull with jim broadbent and ray winstone mm. um i was just kind of like you are you're both fantastic actors who've been dropped into this and it you just don't it just doesn't feel right, right. um his relationship with basil with toby jones was great like yeah. I, I would that that's that's a relationship i would love to see more of we're not going to um but i would love to have seen more of more adventures uh, of indy and basil uh indy's interactions with phoebe waller bridge i mean that relationship is kind of the crux of the movie and it works really really well and to mads mickelson he uh, he's given us the best indiana jones villain since belloc Ooh, um wow, strong statement okay yeah. that is he he is a villain with a fully realized point of view and a purpose and yeah yeah and, yeah. yeah and and a bite yeah like he, he is very very clear in his objectives i mean i think last night we you know you and i were chatting I'm like there's an element of magneto to mm. him <laughs> that he fully like he is a true believer in what he is trying to accomplish yeah yeah um so yeah i mean acting wise i mean you know well uh, Antonio Banderas, again, a, a, another actor that dropped in, fit in seamlessly. Yeah. And also the young actor who played Teddy, whose name is uh, Ethan Isidore, yeah. um, you know, avoids the pitfalls of the child sidekick. Uh, yeah. Did a really, really nice job. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and Boyd Holbrook. Uh, oh. he, he was able to take your standard henchman role and add some layers to it. Yeah. Um, I imagine that that character did not jump off the page, but when you get an actor like Boyd Holbrook, who just brings so much gravitas, mm. um, he was really able to make, I think the character's name is Kleber or Kleber, yeah. uh, but he was really, really able to make him stand out. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, and it's, it's great to see um, uh, Boyd Holbrook getting more and more opportunities to show what he can do vengeance to this to any to logan you know and of course logan mangold as well so clearly he likes uh, to use boyd holbrook so we'll see him again i'm sure at some point down the road maybe you'll see him in star wars wouldn't that be insane with a mangold film in star wars down the road we'll see but yeah yeah um all right so uh, any things that you didn't like about the movie uh, as we wrap up our non-spoiler review anything you didn't like? i mean it is long it is a, I, I feel like okay. this is probably the longest 
Indiana Jones movie. And there were moments where it didn't feel like it needed to be, it needed to be as long. I mean, I think there, there was some tightening that could have been done. Um, again, that opening sequence, that's, that's a sequence on the page that I, that did, I imagine it did just leap off. Mm -hmm. Like you can see like, Oh, this would be so, so fantastic, but they are, um, a, a little constrained by the limits of technology. And as good as Harrison Ford looks, there there are those moments where your brain's just like ah something something something's off something's yeah. off um but yeah i mean i think there there's like a handful of like tiny little subplots here and there that's like eh, I, I, I don't know what that actually got us yeah. um but it didn't detract enough for me not to overall really really enjoy the film yeah i would i would agree with that there there are a couple of like especially with the villains there's just kind of a cross purposes about it and you don't really understand why that is or what's involved with that and i think there need to be more time with figuring all of that out as it played itself out in the movie if we'd spend a little more time fleshing that out i think they would have been a little more stronger when those moments start to happen later on in the film i agree with that uh completely i don't think there's any complaints i would have about the phoebe waller bridge and uh, harrison ford connection to chemistry that was really good stuff i would have liked a little more time uh with some of the other characters that pop up into in the film i liked a little more time but I, that's me being selfish because i was really having a good time and enjoying the film so i know people say overly long it wasn't overly long for me but there are moments where you're like well let's let's remove that we could have put more time in with these other characters to put that in there um, overall. And yes, I agree. The the the, um, the uncanny valley thing is still an issue, but it's getting better. It's getting better yeah. because the emotions and the acting are are slowly coming through more and more when they're doing the when they're making these decisions. But I would have liked just a little bit more there, but there was enough there to at least hang on to and feel like you were watching an indie performance from that time uh, for sure. Um, all right. And uh, any final words, uh, Shannon, as we wrap up here uh, for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I mean, I can't wait to see this oh, again. And, and your rating and your rating. Yeah. Go ahead. Out of five. Oh, out of five. It is four stars. Okay. Four stars out of five. Easy. Okay. Um, uh, I can't wait to see this movie again. I, again, I told you last night, I'm like, yeah. all right, this is the movie that I'm going to be seeing once a week every other week every other week for the rest of the summer more than likely um but i can't wait to see it again i can't wait for vogel to see it and i can't wait for the three of us to chat about it because yeah. some of the things some of the issues that i do have i'm like there's no way to talk about this without getting into spoiler territory and there's also a little tip of the hat that i don't want to do and i'm like i don't want to i don't so i don't want someone to watch this and hear that criticism and yeah. have that inform their viewing experience but there is a very particular thing that that I do want to talk about, but we'll do we'll do it in two weeks. Yeah, we'll do it in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I give it four out of five stars as well. A uh, four to five cowboy hats, I should say, the yellow. Um, but yeah, it really brought back the feeling of indie. This is what you want to come back to. This remind me of like John Wick three when they came back after John Wick two, which I wasn't a, a big fan of. You go back to the basics. You go back to what works, and they did that here. They made the old man thing work, which I really didn't think they were going to make it work. I was one of those people with my arms crossed saying, "I don't need an eighty year old Indiana Jones." How little did I know that I do need an eighty year old Indiana Jones because of what he experiences. And kudos to Harrison Ford and James Mangold for getting such a vulnerable, open. Um, uh, an honest performance from Harrison Ford in certain moments. And for those of us who are getting older, there's a lot that he experiences in the film that we can connect to and feel. And maybe for the younger reviewers, maybe that kind of pissed them off because they can't understand that. Those of us who are older viscerally connect to those moments that I think work really well in the progression and the thoughts and the feelings 
that were going on, I think were really important. But yes, the, the threat of the Nazis, the back and forth with everybody's in all these scenes made us made me feel like I was watching an Indiana Jones film again. And I've been one of those people that's like, do we really need Indiana Jones anymore in 2023? We're af well, after seeing this movie, I have to say I would love one more adventure selfishly for this Harrison Ford and James Mangold directing it with uh, Indiana Jones one more time. It would be a blast for sure. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, non-spoiler review for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow the absent Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. And if you would like to follow the ever present Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Yes, sir. And please remember to subscribe to the channel and uh, hit that uh, uh, bell button so you see when we're dropping all the content we do on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation channel overall. Hit that subscribe button, leave a comment down below, and hit a like. Uh, and subscribe to our pay, our uh, uh, podcast feed as well. If you don't want to like see our pretty faces or you want to re-listen to some of the content we do with the Geek Buddies, it is available on the podcast feed there. Just look wherever you download podcasts and find the Geek Buddies. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Indiana Jones of the Dial of Destiny. Go see it and let us know what you thought about it. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new non-spoiler review here on the Geek Buddies. Hey! Nowadays, trends and news cycles change faster than we can blink. But there are some things that withstand the test of time. And if you're looking for a connection to something timeless, and maybe also a glimpse of life at a slower pace, I believe everyone can relate to the very human experiences explored in Jane Austen's novels. And that's where I come in. My name is Alison Larkin. I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin. I spent a lot of my childhood in the part of England where Jane Austen lived and wrote, and now that I live in the States, nothing gives me a sense of homecoming quite like narrating her books. On this show, you'll listen to award-winning narration, I'll give myself a pat on the back for that, as well as conversations with actors, writers and other fascinating people who all share a passionate love for Jane Austen. So please, join me as we embark on a wonderful journey through Jane Austen's work. Be sure to listen and subscribe to The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin, wherever you get your podcasts.